This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Minneapolis, 94.5 KSTP-FM, St. Paul, HD2, and on scorenorth.com. Are we ready? I guess not. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Oh, God. Seriously? Can we start with the Tiger Woods update from the Masters? Hello, friends. Hello, friends. Oh, looky there. It's Tiger Woods, just three under par, just a few shots off the lead, putting for what appears oh. to be a birdie. Talk to me on Sunday. Hello, Jesus friends. Robert. Talk to me on Sunday. Coming in hot. <laughs> First, you hate Roos, now you hate Tiger. Mm. No, I love Roos. No, he likes Roos. Yeah, that's what oh, yeah. He went to oh, Target the other day. Yeah, that's Tiger. Tiger just pours in a 10 footer there live on the Mackey and Jeb with Rami oh, show. Boy. See if you can do Good that for, for Tiger. four days. That was probably an eagle, right? That might have been an albatross right there. And I'm a Tiger fan. <laughs> Did he just I drive told, that par five? I told you yesterday, I'm a Tiger fan. <laughs> I'm just not, I'm not falling for it again. Like one of our great presidents once said, fool me once. <laughs> Can't be fooled again. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so I have a question for you guys. I wanted to, I wanted to ask this yesterday when uh, the news of Dave Yeager, Yeager bombs. Judd and I had fun on the button bar when Dave Yeager was a candidate. The and last there's a guy on Twitter saying, oh, my God, don't allow them to start that again. Do you remember that video that uh, I can't remember who did it, but like early YouTube days, Rami, like 10 or 12 years ago, the guy who did the, the muscle milk, Yeager bombs. <laughs> no, the what guy. was the line? No. Not now, boss. Not now, chief. chief. I'm in the zone. Yeah, I'm in the zone. Yeah. <laughs> Yeager bombs. Uh, and we just abused that. So Dave Yeager was a hot candidate a few years ago when the Timberwolves were going through a coaching search. And I can't remember if it was Flip Saunders that was in on Dave Yeager, but like they couldn't, he was with Memphis. I think it was Flip. And there were some discussions that maybe the Wolves would like trade for Dave Yeager. I think oh, they it, were that hot for him. Huh? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, Flip and, and Dave were super tight. I, was that before? I think that was when Flip was president of basketball operations and before he appointed himself coach, right? Uh, yes. So the job was open and, and he was trying to find a replacement for Adelman. And before he promoted himself, uh, he talked to Dave. Yep. And, Dave, so, and Dave, by the way, is from Staples, Minnesota yeah. originally. So it's one of those, like, there's kind of a Minnesota connection. We Home like of that our guy, here. Seth. Seth. Auger. Oh, Seth Auger from Staples. Yeah. Okay. Um, so in Memphis, he was a 50 win coach twice with mostly, I wouldn't say an anonymous roster because they did have Mark Gasol in his prime and like Mike Conley. They had some good players, but, and then, he takes Sacramento to a 39-win season. Now, Sacramento's been irrelevant and terrible for a decade, and that, I think that's their best record they've had in like a decade, and they clean house. Yeah, I don't get that. I really Vlade, don't get man. that. Vladi's throwing his weight around. They went from, from 27-55 and 55 to 39-43 and 43 in a tough Western Conference, and they fire everybody, and Dave Yeager is on the street looking for a job. Uh, David Thorpe, who's a regular guest on Doogie's Scoop podcast, David Thorpe, uh, noted basketball insider and coach, et cetera. And he said he's been hearing Dave Yeager wanted to get fired so that he could explore the Timberwolves job again. Okay. okay. All right. Actually, I should, I should do that again. There are some people telling David Thorpe, telling him second, what? third hand. What are you hearing? Reckless speculation. <laughs> That he wanted to get fired from Sacramento because he wanted to explore the Timberwolves job again. 
Ryan Saunders is the interim coach right now. And I'm going to throw a third name into the mix here because Luke Walton's future is uncertain. Mm-hmm. Uh, Magic Johnson was likely going to fire him, but now Magic Johnson quit. Walton's so, gone now. Oh, did he they, yeah, they today? Official. Announced today. So there it's it official. Is. He, now, now, the rumor is, though, that Vladi now wants to hire Luke Walton to coach the Kings. Interesting. Oh, yeah. That's the first job that I would sign up for if I'm <laughs> Luke Walton. <laughs> right. I'd rather be an assistant for 29 teams than take that head coaching job right now. I'd go right back to sitting next to Steve Kerr. If I was <laughs> right. Right. Yes. Instead, instead you know of, what? That's not, instead of yeah. the Sacramento Kings. Yes. I mean, it's you literally just uh, hold a clipboard while Steve Kerr's out for 30 games and let those guys uh, exactly. win a bunch, right? Right. So now that he's officially available, makes it even better. Luke Walton, Dave Yeager, Ryan Saunders rank them as if if in a perfect world you could decide on any of those three and I'm not saying that I'm not saying that Luke's even a realistic option but in theory here how would you rank those for Timberwolves coach Judd uh I would say under the scenario that I envision actually having a good chance to play out here I would put Walton three Saunders two Jaeger one Jaeger and what I would do was I because Flip and Dave were so tight I would. I don't think you would be a slight to Ryan if he didn't get the job. So in my perfect world, if you could orchestrate something where Jaeger coaches your team and Ryan returns as an assistant coach, and but but of course this also goes back to who's going to run the entire basketball operation. But just doing what you said there, Phil, ranking I would say Jaeger one, Ryan Saunders two, Luke Walton three. And that's your preference, or is that what you think is likely, most likely? That's my preference, and that's my preference, and I could see the Wolves trying to actually work that out. Yeah, you know, we, it makes some sense. We get caught in a bubble sometimes, and Ryan Saunders is like a really likable guy, and and I think he has a bright future as a coach. But we were watching this Wolves team, and I think a lot of us, I don't know, I don't even know why, because their record wasn't good under him. He did have the injury problems, but. We're sitting here rooting for Ryan Saunders to get that job, and I think a lot of us have said that, yeah, we we might give him that job. I think the stance on this show collectively has been we'd be okay with Ryan Saunders being the head coach, but the next GM or president of basketball operations should be the one yeah. making that call, right? Yeah, that's fair. But once we get to the reality of it, and you, you put these three names in front of me, Phil— I got to be honest, Ryan Saunders, as, as likable as he is, as bright a future as I think he has— in in the NBA, he's third on my list. I mean, everything that you just told me about Dave Dave uh, Dave Yeager, including yeah, including Do you have that the it's somewhere in here. We gotta find that. Do a search. Uh, Drives people crazy. It's great. I mean, to do, do, do search what, for Yeager bombs in the system. To now. do what he did <laughs> with the Sacramento Kings, a team that had a lot of young talent, but I didn't think had enough talent to get out of them what he got out of them this year. And on top of that, I often talk about when you're in when you're in. Uh, a market like Minnesota, and you have cold weather, which obviously scares off some people in the, especially in the NBA for whatever reason. It seems if you can find a guy to be your head coach, where this is this is the goal, this is the destination. It's not a stepping stone. It's not him looking for something bigger and better constantly. Mm-hmm. Then you take that. And and if if Dave Yeager wants to be here in Minnesota, he's my number one guy because he's shown that he can do it. And he has ties to Minnesota and wants apparently wants to be here if these rumors are true. Luke Walton, I mean, you can say he just held a clipboard and 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 watched these guys do their thing for twenty six games or whatever it was last year while Steve Kerr was out. But I think that takes on some level. I think that takes a little bit more coaching when you talk about managing personalities because egos can get in the way. That's what Phil Jackson was great at. As much as he was a good X's and O's guy. He was great at managing egos when he had multiple greats on one team and getting them all yeah. on the same page. And Luke Walton, I think they had at least a portion of that historic undefeated run. What was it, 26 straight wins for the Golden State Warriors last year? I think he was the head coach for at least a portion, if not all of that. And that's not that's not easy to pull off. And the other thing that I like that Luke Walton would bring with him is, I assume he runs Steve Kerr's offensive system and, and has the, some of the same offensive philosophies, and I think that's where the NBA is going. All the scoring happens in the paint or beyond the arc. Yeah. I like what I've seen from Ryan Saunders, but he's third on my list. That's actually kind of hilarious that the Lakers brought in Luke Walton, who, if, if you're right, he was going to implement kind of a winging, running gun, three-point shooting fun ball system, and then right. they brought in Rajon Rondo, Mike Muscala, and uh, and Lance Stevenson. They're just yeah. a bunch of ragtag players, and they didn't like they couldn't shoot threes. So to me, clear cut number one on this list, I would put Ryan and Luke sort of in a tie for two A, two B. Dave Yeager is head and shoulders above the other two. If you just did so, 
so forget about the name Saunders for a second, okay? Not, and I don't mean that to be disrespectful. Just forget about the name Ryan Saunders for a second. If you just did a Coach A, Coach B, Coach C breakdown here, and you went through their resumes as NBA head coaches, well, Ryan Saunders is very much incomplete, right? He took over halfway through a season. They were fine. Bunch of injuries. So, you know, I don't know who could have really taken an injury-plagued team like that. To he's also 32 years old. For sure. thirty-two. So He's a kid. So you're taking a shot on the youngest head coach in 50 years in the NBA. So you better be sure that you're right on him being that young. He better be a wonderkin. Like Correct. Basically, yeah. Yes. He used to be a prodigy. Yes. <laughs> um, Luke Walton, kind of similar in that he's not as young, but... His one full year of being a head coach is mostly full of question marks. Dave Yeager, or Coach A, let's call him, has experience with two similar market teams, right? Sacramento, kind of just a small, not an attractive market. You're not going to win by getting Kevin Durant to come to your franchise. Memphis, you're not going to win by getting you know, Kyrie Irving to come save the day. Minnesota, it would be awesome if that happened, but you're not gonna you're not gonna get a superstar in free agency to come sign with you in all likelihood. If you can, it's a bonus. So I love the fact that he has experience taking sort of those like unattractive market teams to the playoffs. In fact, in 2014-15, they won 55 games and they put up some punches in the postseason too. They had um, and and that was a tough Western Conference. They beat the Portland Trailblazers in five games in the first round. <laughs> And then they went six games against the Golden State Warriors in the second round. Like the, one of the greatest teams of all time. And Dave Yeager had Memphis in game six of the second round of the Western Conference playoffs throwing haymakers with the Golden State Warriors. He's also from Minnesota, and we love that. So yeah, you could add that to the, much, to the marketing actually. list if you want to. So to me, if he wants that job, he gets it, provided you put an actual president of basketball <laughs> operations in place first. And then Ryan Saunders, you say, listen, we love you. We love you, but this is great for your career if you can be the lead assistant or one of the two lead assistants under Dave Yeager. We have some breaking news, some actually significant breaking news. But real quick, oh. before we do that, question. Do you think we got caught up in, in the Saunders name when we were sitting here talking about, well, yeah, he, he he's, a, he's a legitimate, a little, he's a legitimate, a we should bit, get sure. the job. We'd yeah. be okay with him getting the job? Yes. Okay. All right. Yes. Now we can do the breaking news. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Adam Thielen has agreed to a four-year extension with the Minnesota Vikings. $64 million could be worth up to $73 million when all is said mm-hmm. and done. Here it is. So now... now probably frees up some caps. That's what I was going to say. lowered his number for this, number, for this Ab- year. Absolutely. You now can sign your draft class. Congratulations, Vikings. I mean, I would have just cut Kyle Rudolph or renegotiated with him, but sure. Because I've said before, but this is fair too. I, I've said before, and I know people. Same thing as 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 with the with the guy I just mentioned. People love him. Okay, people love Kyle Rudolph. People love Adam Thielen, and probably even more so with Thielen because of what Phil just mentioned, Minnesota guy. Mm-hmm. And the the Vikings seem to have this impulse to quote unquote do the right thing, to always do the right thing, and taking care of their players. Which is an honorable notion, but at the same time, you're running a business, and the primary goal of that business behind making money is win football games. He didn't have any leverage whatsoever to ask for more money. Now, if this lowered the cap number and it helped them out too, I guess both sides benefited. But he had no leverage. But you, ex- but you extended digs. I mean, this this is. I I don't think you want to set the precedent around the league of trying to screw players. This, Are you screwing him? He signed a contract. That contract was not a great contract. Okay. Yes, he he had outperformed well, that. I I have no problem with it. This move, as a guy who who at times says exactly what you just said, which is why I have zero problem with being fair here. Well, I I think it's so the word screwed is I don't I don't agree with that word. I think it's in between here. I, I hear what Rami's saying, which is, hey, your job is to win football games. This dude signed a contract that's very team-friendly, and it's to your advantage as a team exactly. if you can build off of that. So I just did. The, I just added this up. So you said $16 million a year is the reported uh, deal, right? Yeah. And that makes him average annual basis. That puts him right in line with Brandon Cooks and Sammy Watkins and uh, 
But well, DeAndre a, Hopkins is 16.2. It's a four-year deal worth 64. So just over 15 million, but it could be worth 73 million, I, I'm okay. guessing, with incentives. So. so he's one of the six highest paid wide receivers in the NFL now. He was the 48th highest paid wide receiver in the NFL yesterday because he was making $4 million a year. So I, I can hear this from both sides. I would I would prefer to be the team that that does a guy right, so to speak, so that other players are going to want to come and like, I want players. If I'm the Vikings, I want players to talk about the organization in a friendly way. How many players at this point are really signing up to go play in Pittsburgh, right? Like, and I don't care who's right, who's wrong, but the perception is Pittsburgh doesn't take care of their superstars. Right. And those guys leave and they hold out and the Vikings never have holdouts. Did they have to do this? No, but I think the fact that the Vikings are willing to do this and they don't go into training camp with holdout situations. I think it makes it a more appealing place for guys like Sheldon Richardson to come play for a year. What's the uh, guaranteed cash here, too? It's not in the report. Okay. Because yeah, until we see that, so, yeah. until yeah. we see that, you can say, you know, four years, $800 billion, and, <laughs> and we're going to cut you in two years, and you're going to get 12 bucks. Let's come back and talk more about this. The Vikings, and it's official, official, because the Vikings sent out a press release, and they tweeted about this, so uh, it, it's a done deal. Adam Thielen Multi-year contract extension. Mackie and Jeb with Rami on the all-new Score North. And it's a write that down Friday. So at the top of the next hour, we're going to make our predictions. And it was a bloodbath accountability session. Let's right. say that. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Um, but let's talk first about Luther Brookdale Toyota 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. The best car dealership and service department in the Twin Cities, in my opinion. I can't tell you how many times over the past uh, 16 years since I started taking uh, vehicles as a fresh-faced 16-year-old driver to Luther Brookdale Toyota that I have driven by obliviously other dealerships and service departments. I don't even, I've never had a wandering eye because I get everything I need and my family gets everything they need from the service department, from the showroom people. We're talking about the best combination of smart, friendly, knowledgeable people and durable vehicles. Uh, and, 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 and since they built the brand new facility less than seven years ago, it is, uh, it's, it's like taking the Rays or the A's and giving them an actual stadium. Like you've got everything else. You got the players, you got the front office, you got everything. And now you just need a stadium to operate in with a roof, <laughs> with a roof. That's correct, Robbie. <laughs> and you've got everything you could ever want. 694 Brooklyn Boulevard, LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. When did the dunk contest jump the shark? If you actually pulled out a stuffed shark and jumped it to dunk. <laughs> oh, yeah, and then ended it. I love that. The dunk contest did jump the shark. But I thought, actually, was it last year that I was thoroughly entertained by the dunk contest? Do you guys remember who won it last year? <laughs> <laughs> what else are you going to watch this weekend? The AAF? I'd rather drink. Mackie and Judd with Rami on Score North and scorenorth.com. It is Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. And so many other ways to listen to us as well. Just search Score North wherever you download podcasts. We're on Spotify. If you have one of those Alexas, just say, Alexa, open Score North. I just did it for you. Alexa, just open Score North for you. <laughs> If you want to get in on the conversation, 651-646-8255. News breaking uh, just before the break that the Minnesota Vikings and Adam Thielen have agreed to a four-year contract extension where it's somewhere in the neighborhood of 64 to possibly, with incentives, $73 million. I still haven't seen details as far as... What's guaranteed? I don't know if you guys came across any report I've, like I've that got during my the break. Twitter feed yet, is so. uh, locked and ready whenever it comes across you. Usually, the, the the splashy headline is the total money, and then a day later or a few hours later, someone comes out with, "Oh, but it's he's guaranteed." Yeah, a, a, what Wend, did, a Wendy's um, five for five. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What did Diggs get last summer? I was going to look up that contract because they extended him actually in training camp five years, seventy two million. Um, let's see if there's a, he got a $15 million signing bonus. Oh, 40, 40 million guaranteed. So he got 40 guaranteed. So I, I would imagine it's got to be around the same. Isn't that kind of weird when like clearly you're looking at comps and similar players for your next contract, right? That you're really just like, if you're Adam Thielen and you're Blake Barrett's, who's the locally based agent for Adam Thielen, who came on and wonderfully explained this whole scenario on Purple Daily on uh, on Score North about a month ago, was very candid. Um, 
Like you're basically using Stefan Diggs as a comp, right? Aren't you kind of saying, "Hey, we love we love Stefan, but uh, my client's better. My client's better. Caught more passes, at least more yards. Good. He's at least as good." And, yeah. and the Vikings are probably saying, "Well, he's not better, but, but he's, he's, he's like but we'll older. Give him, he's but older. we'll give him something." Yeah, because if you're the Vikings, it might be that that Diggs is the more valuable player because he's younger. Yes. He's like three years younger, I want to say, than Adam Thielen. Mm-hmm. And but like it's like choosing between your two children because they're both amazing and they probably have the best wide receiver tandem in the NFL. And now they're both locked up. Stefan Diggs is uh, 25 years old. He was born in November of '93, and I think Thielen's uh, pushing 30. Right, He's 28. I just looked it up actually. Okay, when the news came down. Yeah, but what are the? Uh, Okay, again, they probably cleared cap space with this. Once we find out all the details, we'll probably find out his cap number was actually lowered for this year, blah, blah, blah. But that aside, what did the Vikings get out of this? Other, I mean, other than the intangibles that you talked about before the break of they look good, they did the right thing, blah, blah, blah. I'm talking about nuts and bolts, wins, salary cap, the things that really matter when you're trying to well, run that, an NFL organization. They did that for this year, they but I guarantee that. you somewhere in this contract is a big cap hit that they're going to have to work around again, just like they're doing right now in, well, in this particular I would, I would go down your path much more if this was not the one professional sport where contracts aren't guaranteed. So, so what the Vikings got was, you know, if you're the Twins, the Wolves, or wild and you sign this contract it's ironclad it's it's set for four years and you're going to pay it that entire thing so until we see how this contract is structured i think they made a good move to do the right thing with a very good player but keep in mind if he gets hurt or it all falls apart in two years he's gone so it, that's the one thing we we fall in love in this league with contracts and the terms and all of that. And and then we find out that it was guaranteed for X amount, which which wouldn't come close to the amount that we saw um, right now. So I think what the Vikings gained was, again, they can leverage a system that allows them, if something goes wrong here in two years, to say, thank you very much. Great job. Here's your cash. But we're done at this point. So what did the Vikings gain out of this? I love that question because... Cap space, I get. They needed it. They couldn't even sign their draft picks. Okay, but you could have also cut or traded Kyle Rudolph to to get that cap space. There were other ways to do it. Other than that, what what did they gain from this? Well, I think... I, I, I named one of the things last segment. I think they gained good graces, and that mattered. There are some franchises that are regarded as callous or disorganized or uh, or that there's friction between there's not harmony right between front office coach players agents etc and those franchise I would put the Steelers on that list right now I think the Raiders have been on that list where there's just mistrust you know there, there's lockouts or, um, or holdouts I should say I think I think the Vikings gained trust which may or may not help them in 2000 uh, 19, but it might help them going forward in future years. And if Thielen is going to be one of those types of wide receivers who's really good into his mid 30s, let's this might be a stretch, but let's put him in the Larry Fitzgerald bin. Oof. Where he's going to the Hall of Fame bin? I'm not going to say the, I'm, I'm, the bin I'm putting him in is the you don't have to be at 34 more athletic or faster. You're just able to get open in your mid 30s. Right. Like, there's a lot of guys, Randy Moss, once the speed was gone, he wasn't, you couldn't play him anymore, no, I get what right? you're saying. Some guys when, rely more on their speed than, yep, than yeah. others do. Like, when, Desha- when Deshaun yeah. Jackson's speed runs out, he's Done. unemployable. Absolutely. I wouldn't put Adam Thielen or Stefan Diggs in that category. So, I think what you're doing is you're making sure that he's on your team, at least through the remainder of his prime, and that he's happy, and it gives you a chance to, to ride out the rest of what might be I'm not going to say a Hall of Fame career because it's only been a couple big-time years for him, but a really, really, really good career. I also think that his previous contract was so low that you you would have had a question of, would he play? Like that, Oh, he was playing. Like that contract was, no, he was, was that low. And, and just saw a report now, $35 million guaranteed. Okay. So we're going to talk about 64. Oh, my gosh, it's 64. It's 35. Do we know how the thirty-five is spread out by chance? I have just saw a report that said it's a it's a four-year, sixty-four million-dollar contract is okay. officially announced, but thirty-five million. Is so guaranteed. essentially, so what you're doing is you're guaranteeing that he's one of the highest-paid receivers in the NFL for at least the next couple of years. 
My guess is to save cap space this year, they probably pushed a lot of the guaranteed money into 2020 and 21. Yeah, I guess in years two and three of the contract are where the majority of the the guaranteed money yep. is. But here's another question for you guys, okay? Mm-hmm. Like all these questions keep popping in my head. So he is now financially in the same category as Antonio Brown, who makes 16.7 a year, and Thielen's in that 15 and a half, 16 million dollar range, right? Mm-hmm. Antonio Brown, DeAndre Hopkins. A.J. Green makes 15, so he makes more than A.J. Green. Mm. Julio Jones makes 14.2. He makes more than Julio Jones. That's not going to last much that's longer. A crime. It will not. That's, right. that's not going to be a problem well, much I mean, longer. Crime. I mean, like, that's a, no, that's a crime. This is all fake money at this point. Right? <laughs> but it, it, does he truly belong in those sentences? Go back through the names again, besides Jones. The best wide receivers Brown. in the league, basically. So Antonio Brown, yeah. Julio Jones, A.J. Green... DeAndre Hopkins. He's not in that class for me. I don't know about you guys. He's I th- and I'll admit you guys have obviously seen a lot more of Adam Thielen than than I have, having just come to Minnesota. But I've watched a lot of Vikings football. I mean, I've been in the same division my whole life, so yeah. I've seen plenty of Adam Thielen, and I don't have him in the same category you as just, those guys. You just knew that when Diggs got that extension, this day was going to happen soon, and I. Of all the things that the Vikings do that we question at times, this to me seems like the smart move, the prudent move. You free up cap space. Again, it's not what you're what you're seeing on the, the surface. So if he gets hurt, you're not going to have to pay out this entire thing. Uh, because my answer to your question is, does he belong in that list of players is a little bit iffy. But he has turned himself into a very good player. He was uh, He was criminally underpaid previously and now this strikes me as being very fair yeah um also worth noting too that as we know with kirk cousins contract and you know matt ryan's contract how much you make and the latest the latest standings of you know how much wide receivers or quarterbacks are paid doesn't correlate to always like how they're ranked in terms of are you good right right it's who it's just, had who got paid most recently is probably going to be the highest paid. Like if you're a top 10 wide receiver and you're the most recent to get a contract extension, yeah. you're going to be the highest paid, if not in the top five, even if that's not necessarily warranted. Uh, uh, not, uh, you, who's on hold here on air production meeting? <laughs> Manny Lagos. Oh, sorry. Here we go. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> Things are fun. The Vikings just... <laughs> there we go. Live radio, folks. Oh, man. Manny Lagos. Sorry, Manny. It's the sporting director for Minnesota United uh, FC, and uh, Adam Thielen just signed a massive contract about 10 minutes ago, so we're throwing off our game, but what are you... Can we... Before we talk about... Well, the... well, first of all, we're not throwing off our game. We just signed a Minnesota to massive contract, and this is all about Minnesota this weekend. We're, we're in the same realm. We for sure, it. for sure. Good. For sure. I'm off my game is what I should have said. <laughs> but, Manny, before we want to dive into tomorrow's going to be so much fun and it's going to be an atmosphere that we can embrace here. But just um, in terms of like this dynamic of front office and star players, what are and it's different, I know, for MLS versus NFL. But what all goes into contract negotiations in your world and agents, et cetera? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a pretty insane world. Um, it's probably too long for this interview, but I, I would just say, you know, you, you've got this massive global fishbowl of players that are on basically a stock market. You don't, you don't trade players. You either develop them through a youth system or you buy and sell them like on a stock market. And we go out and we acquire talent, you know, tomorrow on the field, we'll have players from Colombia, Finland, uh, Slovakia, Madagascar. Uh, I, I could keep going. Ecuador, so uh, it, it's a lot, and then agents are a pretty big deal in our world. They uh, they are a, definitely a part of us getting uh, signings across the finish line. Manny, Manny, I took the uh, Allianz Field food tour earlier this week, and that stadium is amazing, including the. Oh, f- come on, complain about no roof. We'll get there. Including, <laughs> including, include, come on, Rami. The food is amazing. The stadium is beautiful. I was talking to uh, the, the voice of of Minnesota United, Cal Williams, off the record. So this wasn't him blowing smoke or telling me something that he felt like he had to tell me. He said this is by far the best soccer stadium in North America. How much does that factor in when you're trying to get talent to Minnesota? And did you guys ever consider putting a roof on it? <laughs> okay. All right. So let's, let's start with the, the first one. It's, this is just an unbelievable story to open you know, this $280 million privately funded investment by this ownership group that's local that says, 
you know, one of the things about soccer is becoming so relevant in this country now, and it's so big globally that they were like, this enhances the Twin Cities. This makes us more special. This makes us more relevant on a global scale. And it does, guys. We, we have the best stadium, I think, in, in MLS now. I would argue there's a stadium in Monterey in Mexico, which is similar in design, uh, and we're competing right up there with them. So it, it certainly helps everything we do. First and foremost on the field, players want to play in the best stadiums. This will be one of the best in the country. They want to play on grass, beautiful grass. This is that. They want to play not indoors, outdoors. This has that as well to, to address your uh, roof question. Uh, this Take is that. one of the highest technology stadiums and grass stadiums. I mean, we are going to be playing tomorrow after multiple school storms. Uh, I'm looking in the stadium right now. We're getting flurries, but this grass is green. It's coming at 70 degrees heat right now. Uh, it'll be ready to go tomorrow because it is uh, that much thought has gone into uh, this process. Uh, stra- strategically, what changes for a uh players in a cold game like this though I, you know as far as the impact of on this game that the cold and snow potentially could have well there's a couple things obviously this is a unique weekend this is not normal so the first and foremost thing is the field itself you know like i said there's been millions and millions of dollars that gone into the technology of this field to get it up and running for just the state and in the end it's going to be an amazing field i think it'll be the best grass field in the league but we're just coming off of a tough winter we're coming off of now two weeks where we really haven't had any warm days and we just had a snowstorm. So it's not going to play as well as we'd like. The guys then have to take into account the type of cleats they want to use. And, and certainly in soccer, you have several different types. Tomorrow, I think it's going to get a little messy. It's going to be moisture still going to be in the field because we haven't had a lot of dry, sunny days. So they're going to have to play with what's called a longer stud uh, to get better traction and, and to, uh, to make sure. In terms of the game itself, the thing I'm excited about is it's going to be cold. I mean, I, I think the fans are going to have a tougher time with that, but they're going to be so excited about the stadium, I think they'll be fine. The players will be fine. The biggest effect is win. If there's a lot of win, then you have to change up a little bit how you play, how you keep the ball on the ground compared to put in the air. So there's just different things tactically the coach will have to deal with to address with if it's windy. But from what it looks like with the weather, um, it's going to be a beautiful Minnesota 40-degree day. Hey, when uh, is November is when MLS playoffs take place, right? Early November, like yep. October into yep. November? So yep. if you yep. guys are playing when you want to be playing, is it like the Green Bay Packers embrace playing outside and it's a real advantage for those guys against teams that come in late in the season? Is that something that can be possible here too where Minnesota United players would just grow the thick skin and get used to it and it would be torture maybe for other players if it's if the conditions aren't ideal? Yeah, and I, I would just go deeper. You know, we, we are such an exciting phase for this club. You know, when you're talking about... Um, our iteration of, of decades of soccer, and now it's built into the MLS for the last two years. And then we, we build into this cathedral of soccer in this country. Um, and one of my roles is obviously to push and create the cultural identity that makes us competitive and helps us win. And just like any other Minnesota team, we are challenged to play against teams that have more money than us, have more resources, and to, to, to take the qualities that it takes to, to play and live in this kind of climate, that resilience, the toughness, the durability – it certainly is a part of the DNA, and we expect it to be part of the DNA of the players we sign here because we, we don't shy away from the fact that we have you know four or five really cold months, and, and we try to actually say that's one of our, our positives, and yeah. it helps create the kind of mentality we want in terms of how we want to play on the field and the product we want our fans to feel uh, on the field as well. So to me, um, the star, though, of this weekend will be the cathedral. I mean, uh, not only was the stadium kind of designed in a way to, to think about the weather and the climate, but it... it is designed to be the loudest stadium in the league. We have a fan base that doesn't stop cheering the entire game. It makes more noise than any other sporting event I've ever been to. Uh, combined with, we also now have a design that, starting with Dr. McGuire, but the entire ownership group, and which includes the Twins and the Vikings and, and a lot of other civic leaders, they, they wanted it to look like it was something like of the best in the country. And, and I don't think we always get that in Minnesota. I don't think we always get that feeling of, of being number one in terms of uh, something with our sports department. So for me, um, it really is going to be an amazing celebration uh, of a presentation of, of pride for Minnesota this weekend. That celebration will certainly be enhanced by the fact that you're coming off a win at one of the toughest places to play in MLS in New York, in the New York Red Bulls. How much of a feel-good factor, I guess, does it add that you're coming back home for the first time this season with nine points, three road victories on the season so far? I mean, we're delighted. You know, it, it's been a tough part of our two-year iteration MLS to, to really play well on the road, and we've 
put our hand up and said it hasn't been good enough. Our fans have high expectations of this club. We've had a great run in second division soccer for many years of being a competitive team, no matter what our resources. And we've done some amazing things. We had a great home record. We really did. We put on a great show for our fans the last couple of years. But on the road, we weren't as organized and disciplined as we wanted to be to get points where there's highs or wins uh, to get us in the playoffs. So for us to make sure that we can now uh, you know, build on, on what we're going to do at home and make this a home fortress, but also now get points on the road and to have our first five games and be above 500, uh, it's very hard to do in MLS. Uh, you know, it, it's very rare to have above 500 record on the road in MLS. So we're ecstatic about it. Pre-game starts with Jonathan Harrison and Dan Terhar, along with Jamie Watson, Cal Williams, and a cast of uh, others, Kendra D. St. Aubin. Tomorrow on Score North on 1500 at 3.30 in the afternoon. And we're looking forward to not only tomorrow, but the whole season. Manny Lagos, we appreciate every time you join us. You're always wonderful, and uh, we'll talk soon. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Enjoy the weekend. All right. That is uh, Sporting Director of Minnesota United FC. Are you you pumped for tomorrow? I can't wait. I'm stoked to finally get to call or to get into that stadium and broadcast from there. It's going to be awesome. I'm, I meant what I said. That place is beautiful. And they have, they have like, in terms of the layout of the stadium, it's so much more. It seems like it's going to be so much more convenient than any professional sporting event that I've ever attended. They have... First of all, if you go to a concession stand in the in the brew room, everything is on tap. But if you go to a concession stand, nothing is on tap. No soda, no beer. It's just it's all in cans or bottles, so it's real quick. Boom, boom, you're out. And then is it two or three spots around the lower bowl, Jonathan, where they have like little self serve convenience stores? So yeah, if you don't want to like, wait in line, you literally can walk in there, grab a bag of chips, bottle of soda, some candy, yeah. whatever you want. It's self checkout. You're in and out. I mean, it's gonna be. A very enjoyable experience, whether granted for for people who get out to Allianz Field yeah, this year. I was going to say, they have like many gas stations inside the stadium. So if you don't want to wait in lines at the concession stands, you can just go in. It's basically like, you know how at the Mall of America they have the holiday store inside, where it's literally just the convenience store. It's like that. They have three or four huh. of them. It's awesome. And the food, the food have, is so good. Do they have Funyuns? I'm sure they every do. good they gas do. station yeah. has funyuns. Yeah. They don't. Sure they have, they don't have funyuns. In trail mix. No, I'm out. But the food is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, tra- munchies, I'm in. You got any trail mix? <laughs> they took stadium food to another level in that really place did. too. Check out uh, Jonathan and I took a food tour of it. It's uh, at Score North. Just a no roof though, Rami. I know. It's I know. Perfect. Yeah, actually, it's on our YouTube page. If you want to, we're we're posting multiple YouTube videos a day. If you are into YouTube and things, YouTube.com/slash/ScoreNorth S K O R North, and you can find Jonathan insists that I try the uh, try to recreate the uh, Carolina pulled pork barbecue yeah, sandwich. And you for have to bring it in the next Rami's recipe. Thank you, Jonathan. I'll, I'll yeah. bring it in. Settle down. You didn't bring the last one in. Everybody, everybody calm down. Bring it in or it didn't happen. No, yeah, exactly I, I, right. See, here, here's what happened Trina last forest. time. My girlfriend packed enough for me to share, but I worked out that morning, so I was so hungry I just uh, ate it all, and I apologize. Oh, so she actually she did. did. Oh, yes, you did. didn't tell us I, that little tidbit. I, I know. So she was trying to help us all out, I'm and you just, and I'm you just took it right all. right now, okay? I'm coming <laughs> clean to all of you, all right? I was really hungry that afternoon. I was here all day. It doesn't make it any better. No, it doesn't. It's true. I love it. Actually makes it worse. I'm sorry. It was there ready for us. And then you you had to be selfish and take it away from us. Thanks to Casey. No thanks to you. Adam Thielen is a rich, rich man. Let's talk more about it. The breaking news this hour Adam Thielen, massive contract extension. Mackie and Jeb with Rami. I think it's worth worth the sounder again here. This is a this is a pretty quick, from start to finish, Adam Thielen's agent, Blake Barrett's, came on Purple Daily a month ago, maybe like five weeks ago, and laid out the case for why his client is underpaid. I think it's obvious. he's the forty. He was the 48th highest paid wide receiver in the NFL, and uh, him and Rob Brzezinski got into a room, and Rick Spielman, and they hammered out a deal, and the Vikings announced it. I don't think the Vikings announced the terms, but the reported terms from uh, multiple places are $64 million with incentives up to $73 million. And Ian Rappaport has $35 million guaranteed ironclad into Adam Thielen's checking account Mm -hmm. or whatever long-term investment account he wants to put that in or short-term. Or if he wants to be like Darko Milicic and just put it under his mattress in cash, that will work I got a feeling he's going to invest wisely, don't you? Well, I would. I got like a to feeling. So. I got a feeling that the young man is going to make some <laughs> very good business decisions. Didn't didn't we play the the Barrett's sound bites uh, from his appearance on Purple Daily, and and ask the question, 
is this basically done? Because I remember the words he chose and how he was phrasing things made it sound like they were really far down the path. So I wouldn't be surprised if they began to talk, not in earnest, but if if they they began to talk right after the dig deal got done. Because I recall that you played those sound bites, Phil, and I think we're ba- we all basically said this sounds like it's ba- like it's essentially done at the time. Yeah, and and it is. I mean, I, yeah. I doubt if it went from zero to sixty. You know, we got to talk now. He's like, oh my god, Rob Brzezinski and Rick Spielman. Did you hear? Did you hear uh, Blake Barrett's on Purple Daily today? <laughs> Holy crap! Get to the phone. Um, how does it make you guys feel? And I and I get that they're they're going to do some wizardry with the cap so this isn't quite how it is this season but for sure next season the cap is is between 180 and 190 million dollars and roughly 60 million dollars tied up between two wide receivers and a quarterback for the Vikings so roughly a third of their salary cap before the end of the Kirk Cousins contract is tied up in three players three offensive skill position players how does that make you guys feel? That's kind of my point, is that while, yes, you're probably, and again, we don't know the exact details of this contract yet, other than what's guaranteed and the total value if he plays it out, but probably saved him some cap space this year, which is great, but at some point you're going to have to pay the piper. And somewhere down the line, Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs and, and Kirk Cousins' contract, well, Kirk Cousins and the Stephon Diggs' contracts already sort of, presented an obstacle this year when he went into free agency and, and had some some things you had to clear before even getting into the draft so you could pay your draft picks, this is going to be a problem somewhere. Down, well, it could very well be a problem. I can't say it will, but this could very well be a problem in the near future. And there was, again, no real reason to do this. There just wasn't any real reason to go out and do this right now. Don't you struggle more, though, with why Griffin and Kyle are still here? And I have less problem with paying Thielen, who deserves this, and and who is definitely an integral part of this team. What I don't get is, okay, Barr comes back. Well, that's fantastic in some ways, but it definitely changes the dynamic of your cap hits, right? Salary structure. Okay, so something's, something has to give here. I wouldn't have told Thielen buzz off. I would have very much embraced the opportunity to give him the extension. But what I don't understand, to your point, is what's giving here. Griffin was brought back. I would have cut him. Griffin's play dropped off. He can be replaced. And and in that sense, I'd be much more hard-lined towards a player who gave me a lot, but is going to be pretty well compensated. And instead of going to him and saying, let's redo your deal, I would have said, thank you and and." You're gone. So so the Thielen contract is not what I'm choosing to focus on, to your point, but I don't understand what is going to give here, and there are very obvious things to me that should have been taken care of. Here's a question for you, and this is the question every NFL franchise should ask themselves before they make any major decisions. What would Bill Belichick do? WWBBD. What would Bill Belichick do? <laughs> Outsmart you. He ain't well, handing out these contracts but, like that. But but here's why I don't here's why I don't like that premise. Because if you have Tom Brady or if you have Aaron Rodgers, sometimes to a fault, because I I'm I'm guessing at times when you were doing radio shows at the fan in Milwaukee, mm-hmm. you guys probably talked about how, well, why don't the Packers bring back Greg Jennings or why don't the Packers uh, you know bring back Jordy Nelson who showed up after his injury? I don't maybe I'm wrong on that. But when you have the luxury of a Tom Brady or an Aaron Rodgers, you don't need star wide receivers as much. It's a luxury. You'd rather spend that $14 million on a tackle or an edge rusher or a cornerback to make sure your defense is fortified. And the Vikings aren't really in that spot. The Vikings aren't, I know they're paying Kirk Cousins like one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, but the Vikings aren't in a spot where they can say, you know what? Diggs and Thielen, it'd be great to have them, but we don't want to pay those guys a combined $30 million right. or whatever it is. Kirk Cousins can just create a new wide receiver out of Laquan Treadwell. <laughs> he can't. Like if you just if you say goodbye to Thielen and Diggs, you're putting Kirk Cousins in a spot where he's going to be one of the five worst quarterbacks in the NFL. But what what Belichick would most clearly do is he would cut Griffin, Rudolph. That's what he'd do. Yeah. So so if Belichick had Cousins, he would complain a lot, but he would also say, "All right." I can't afford to give up guys who can catch the ball and are really good. But what I can afford to to do is defensively, the cold, hard truth is this, to your question. Bill Belichick would have told Anthony Barr, 
sorry, but you're gone. He would have. It was yep. a. Ton, it's a ton of cash. So so when I mean, the, they pretty much did that with Jamie Collins. Yes, right? but when the Anthony Barr of the Patriots comes back and says, "Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I'd like to come back." That's where Bill says no, because Bill says defensively, I can do this, which is what which is what Zimmer should be able to say, and I I argue that he can do. So the Thielen to me fo- focus is the wrong focus. Your question's a great question. But I can give you two or three things that Belichick would do in the parameters that the Vikings have right now that we would all say tough decisions, but you know what? Ultimately, yeah. they make sense. Well, the, I think the most important question here with Thielen is, are you paying for past performance because you feel bad? Man, that guy was one of the best wide receivers in the NFL and was paid as the 48th highest uh, compensated receiver. We feel terrible. Here's here's money for your past performance. Make It's a make good. Or are you paying for future performance? And the Vikings have always been really, really good, and the Patriots, at paying for future performance. And you could make the case that with some of these guys, with with Everson Griffin and with Adam Thielen, you could make the case that they're maybe paying for past performance and hoping for future performance. Um, I would still say Adam Thielen's going to be 29 years old in 2019, and, and and we haven't seen the full year by year breakdown of where the where the salary cap uh, goes to, but it makes sense that they would extend him, have less of a cap hit this year, and then his age thirty and thirty one seasons would be the ones that you're guaranteeing top six wide receiver money, right? So if you can assure me that you're paying for him being a top echelon receiver at age thirty and thirty one, I'm okay with this. And it just remains to be seen. Uh, it's it, it, There's no evidence that top wide receivers just fall off a cliff when they're 30-31. There is evidence that running backs fall off a cliff when they're 28-29-30. Wide receivers can still get away with 32-33-34 because they run routes. They can, I mean, they, they can, Chris Carter wasn't outrunning linebackers when he was in his 30s, but he found ways to get open on third down, to catch 100 passes, and that's what Adam Thielen has to be as the speed wears off and as some of the athleticism wears off. I'm not an NFL GM. I probably never will be. We'll see. <laughs> Write that down. But <laughs> are, are you making a prediction? If I was an NFL GM, and this might catch up to me before long because of some of the things that you talked about before about a reputation that you'll gain, not just with your own players, but around the league. These guys talk. These guys move from team to team, and they talk about how they're treated by their employers. So, it might catch up to me eventually, but my my general philosophy is if I was a GM is I would be looking for guys who are going to outperform their contract. And the more of them I have, the better I'll be because that means I can spend my money elsewhere where and when I need it. So I don't especially when it you're in a position with two years left on the contract where you hold all the leverage with the guy, maybe with one year left on the contract. If I'm convinced I want Adam Thielen here for the long run, okay, let's talk. But with two years left on the contract, you hold all the leverage in those negotiations. You hold all the hand, and you have a guy who is way outperforming his contract, which is the best thing that can happen to a football team in their salary cap. So why not take advantage of that for at least one more year? But wouldn't you go, go back now and actually make the moves that I talked about? Because yes. those yes. Mo- those moves would would fix your problem. If you had told Barr, dude, you're really good, but you know what? Our head coach is a great defensive mastermind, and and we can replace you. And so, if you don't want to sign with the Jets, that's fine. But go elsewhere. Mm-hmm. So so I'm with you, R- Rami, on playing the hard line here and being difficult. But I just think Thielen's the wrong guy. What I don't understand is there's about three different moves that they could have made to get to the point that that you're talking about cap-wise that they're not. And that concerns me because because rewarding Thielen is the right thing to do. Bringing back Griffin to me just makes no sense. Yeah, and and I've said this at the time of the Griffin uh, move, and I'll say it again today. I understand what they're doing. Mike, Mike Zimmer is so far down this path with this defense that he's helped build over five years and he wants his guys. He doesn't in his mind. It's, I mean, I, I know that Aaron Griffin aren't perfect players and there's an age cliff here with Everson Griffin, but dang it. If we can milk one more really good year out of Griffin. And if I can just tweak this and this with Anthony Barr, 
then that'll be the cherry on top of my defense as opposed to, oh, we got to go back to the drawing board and draft another player here to start and go to the bargain bin and free agency. I get it. It's sort of a risky move when you're allocating that much cap space to some of these players and you got to be aware of ages. But uh, one other thing, just real quick, I saw Collar tweeting uh, some analysis at Matthew Collar. If you want to read his piece, he just posted to on scorenorth.com. You can. Um, Diana Russini tweeted out from ESPN. I remember talking to a very, very smart NFL person right before the Giants signed Odell Beckham Jr. to his extension, and he said, the Giants don't need to sign Odell Beckham Jr. Have you ever heard of a kid named Adam Thielen? Go find talent. It's not that simple to say that (laughs) two things, okay? let's not get carried away. He's not Odell Beckham Jr. No, but he's really, really good, and the point here is, well, I mean... You can just go find dudes undrafted or Stefan Diggs was a fifth or sixth round draft pick, right? Those are dime those are diamonds in the rough type players. You yeah. don't just like now if you have a great quarterback, okay, you're more likely to be able to cultivate a wide receiver. If you have an amazing offensive line, you can pretty much put anyone in the backfield and they're gonna get four and a half yards of carry, right? The Vikings don't have either of those things. So they have to allocate resources to players who are going to make those things better. Like, what can make Kirk Cousins better? Well, Adam Thielen can. Yes. So, here we are. Okay. I mean, I don't, I don't hate you the move. You sound really skeptical no, I don't about hate, this. I don't, I don't hate the move. I get it. They're doing what a lot of teams do. It's just not, it's not the route I would take. And like I said, I don't think it's the route Bill Belichick would take. And for me, that's, again, that's the measure I go by if I'm in an NFL front office. I live by the, by the WWBBD rules. That's a high standard, my good man. <laughs> I set my sights high. Right it is. Well, what would Bill Belichick do? He'd he'd pour a cocktail in Cozumel and text Tom Brady <laughs> and cut the sleeves <laughs> off his new hoodie. <laughs> yes. Um, all right. The time has come. You Ooh. said pay the piper earlier oh, in the I don't segment. Hear it's this. time for us to pay go. the piper. Write that down. And an accountability session when we come back. Mac and Jeb with Rami. Uh, Federated Mutual Insurance Company is here to make sure we're driving safe. Let's talk about multitasking for a second. All right. Here are some facts on distracted driving from the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration that might surprise you a little bit. 391,000 people were injured in accidents involving distracted drivers in 2015. That is insane. Uh, Cell phones are the most talked about distraction on the road and the most problematic, perhaps, but there's all kinds of other objects or things or people that break our concentration behind the wheel. The radio, food, drinks, passengers all vying for our attention. Let's always make sure we are reaching our destination safely with our number one priority being paying attention while driving. When your attention is where it needs to be, you're doing your part to help everyone make it home safe today. We might think we can multitask, but really the human brain doesn't work that way. If you're focused on one thing, you're probably not allocating all your attention to the other thing, driving. Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect yours.